0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark. Uh, I think this is a podcast that we used to do. I'm Justin Sanders here with my friend, John Stefanchik. We were just talking about the last time we did this and I mean, you're listening to us now. That should probably be your indicator that something out of the norm has happened, uh, in the world of Ole Miss sports. And yeah, I think that's safe to say. So what's going on, John?
1: Doing good. A good bit's changed in our I guess both things have changed in both of our lives since we last did this. You're a homeowner. Now you had, you finally had your wedding reception post COVID. Yep. I am a well, uh, technically to pier Green Bay, Wisconsin resident now. So
0: a lot of but, big changes. Yeah.
1: And we had kind of, uh, what do the Eagles say when hell freezes over came out, they took a 13 year break. We took a, uh, I guess, <laughs> August is when we recorded. So this is about a 10 month break and something extraordinary was going to drag us to, to get back to the table. And the damnedest thing ever. Mike Bianco goes from literally fired. Like I think everybody figured he was fired um and to all of a sudden the last team in the ba- last team in the 2022 ncaa baseball tournament and then they get thrown in a regional where all the teams were not playing that well at the end then they get hot finally play to their potential end up in a draw where they go to hattiesburg and dominate a super regional and all of a sudden they're as hot as anybody and the whole bracket blew up because Tennessee lost right before they played Sunday. I mean, jumping around here, but one of the crazier two-week events. I was, I was thinking kind of my pre-show prep about 30 minutes ago, and this is probably, the most, to me, the most stunning Ole Miss sporting result since the 08 Florida football game where they went in the swamp and beat Tebow. I think that's an accurate statement.
0: Um, well, I mean, you you definitely have more of the history than me, but I'll say, as far as good things, yeah, yes, like this is one of the yeah. more stunningly this is positive, positive developments, and it's yeah. it's not it's honestly what's so funny and classic old Miss about this situation they find themselves in right now is that you know three months ago if you said they went to Omaha, they won the Hattiesburg Super Regional you're like, yeah, that's that makes sense. This is the expectation for this team coming into the year. They returned all of last year's offense. What makes it so extraordinary is they shouldn't have even been in the tournament with the season they had. I mean, oh. they, they. I was reading uh, a little season recap uh, that Chase Parham wrote earlier today and talking about some of the turning points of the season. And I had forgotten that, you know, I, I know there was a famous um, speech at a players only meeting delivered by Ben Van Cleve, which is of course noteworthy because Ben Van Cleve doesn't really have a role on this team on the field, but apparently it was a real, he's a glue guy. Um, but the, I had forgotten that the circumstances of that speech, uh, they had just lost to SEMO like 13 to three at home on a Tuesday. I mean, that's the type of lows they were hitting back in April. Um, and and it didn't just turn around in the tournament. They started getting hot near the end of the regular season. Um, you know, sweeping LSU and Baton Rouge was probably our sign that this was going to be a hell froze over type moment potentially with this turnaround, because that had never happened before in the history of the program, much less Mike yep. Bianco after interviewing for that job last season. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, a, a team that Bianco was fired, everyone was assuming, hoping they were going to hire someone. Uh, like Dan McDonald from Louisville, you know, making their their coaching hot boards. Um, they, they stuck with it. They got hot at the right time. Honestly, they played to their potential. But all of that, to be said, it's still you have to give them credit because I think any Ole Miss fan will tell you, especially under Mike Bianco, making Omaha is the ultimate sign of a special season, an exceptional season. Um, you know, we'll talk about it on the show, and you mentioned the bracket kind of setting up obviously it'll be nice if they can make noise in Omaha or do more, but I think just making it to Omaha with the, the kind of insane run of super regional losses that Bianco has become famous for. Uh, it really marks a, a, a big over the hump type moment. And what's crazy is it's also the first time Old Miss has ever started the NCAA tournament five and Um, So it's not even that they made Omaha. They won a road regional for the first time. they, through a shutout game one against Southern Miss for the first time the season, through another shutout the next day. I mean, yeah, Southern Miss's offense is is nothing to write home about, but it's a super regional team. I mean, it's a it's a team that beat LSU twice in their own regional to make it to that round, uh, playing at home. There's a lot of kind of first and weird things going on in this run that it honestly uh, it's baseball, right? This is why we love baseball because this kind of weird shit can happen, and these, these things can happen. These teams can get hot, and it, it's really fun to watch as a fan.
1: And even even to get real nitpicky on kind of the – they left Fayetteville May 1st. They were 7-14 and 14 in league play. They then swept Missouri at home. Now, Missouri's battle, the way they had been playing to actually play three games good enough to get a sweep was kind of a sign of, okay – Maybe they're still alive. And, frankly, they played Arkansas. They could have swept Arkansas. They probably should have won the series, but they had been tripping over themselves so um, for so much of the year that it was like, well, this is who they are. Sweet Missouri, okay. They go to Baton Rouge. And then did they did they beat – I can't remember where they beat Southern. I think they beat Southern. In, in the- Hattiesburg.
0: It was in Hattiesburg. Yes. I think they lost to them in peril. And then later in the season, Drew McDaniel kind of blanked Southern in Hattiesburg.
1: They- so they won, I think they beat them and felt like maybe it was the midweek between Missouri and LSU. I may have that wrong, but then they go to Baton Rouge. Friday night gets rain, gets rain, rain out in the third inning. All of a sudden, Saturday morning, Dylan Delush is back in the game. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, I was, I was
0: something this the other day. I mean, that, that is another sign. I think that this season was going to have some shit. You just have never seen before. I've never seen an SEC Friday night starter start a game and then start to continue the game the next day. That was insane.
1: Yeah. So he does that. They end up sweeping. Now I admit that I had gotten where like hell is, but I admit I, I, during the whole regular season, people that talked to me knew I was like, when they were sucking so bad, I'm like, we can, we can get Bianco fired and turn the page and see something different just because of the whole past, which is completely irrelevant now. And Hey, I'm, I've always thought Mike was a good guy. It was just, are we going to get past getting tight the postseason? Well, that that finally got blown up. We can, we can put that to bed. I'm not going to say forever, but at least the next four to five years. He, there's basically a five year moratorium, and we'll we'll see where it goes from there. I think maybe this time they find we finally get past that. Anyway, so they sweep LSU and then they go play. They get smart. They cancel the midweek game just like A and M did. And then, and then they play A&M. They lose Friday. They win – or they, I guess it was Thursday. They went win, they right. game, win game two. They're up – was it 5-2 or 4-2? They're up in game three. Uh, Diamond can't get through the order the second time, which is a theme for the year. I don't – Mike actually – the best – the closest he ever came to figure – has come to figure that out is just to not pitch Diamond. So, we'll see how that – that's – there's a – Maybe it's an irrelevant cliff note in Omaha if they keep doing it anyway. And then they he leaves McDaniel in to give up a three-run homer and a slam in the same inning in a game that if you win you're clearly in the tournament. If You lose, you got to go to Hoover. Leaves it in there. Frankly, just another. I mean, really, I'm not trying to put cold water too deep in this. Just another kind of mind-blowing decision. You're going, oh geez. And then they go to, and they go. So now they got to, they got. Really, they need to win their Tuesday game to feel good about it. They draw Vanderbilt. They get rain delayed from four thirty to ten. And at one in the morning, they lose a three-one game, and you're going, "Oh boy, they're they're on the fence." And then probably about six, seven, eight uh, bid thieves win scenario plays out. They weren't even in the first four out of the tournament going into Selection Monday. And I found out they were in when I I was drove to Duluth to visit my sister. It's a five hour drive from Green Bay. I'm driving back Monday, on Memorial Day, and group and phone starts going off. I click it and it says Justin Sanders said we're going to Miami. And I'm going, I'm going. You got to be kidding! I mean, kidding me so <laughs> all because John Cohen put us in the tournament, which is yeah. the most hilarious thing of it all. And then and then they. And then they get like, like I said at the top, they get put in the regional. They can win. Now they beat they beat a tough lefty of Miami. They go to Southern, and yeah. then this draws played out to t- to tie back to that. They're playing Auburn, who they won two out of three against, and they didn't even have their act together really at that point yeah. in the season. Arkansas is the other side of the bracket. Arkansas is playing; they're hot, but they're not. I mean, they're not. That's nothing you can't go beat on a single day. Stanford's over there. If they're a two seed. They're good, but half the tournament's the sec west because you got AM on the other side of the bracket the texas and ou future sec members and then notre dame which i can't believe i'm saying this freaking america's team they can carry that flag for the week yep.
0: go, absolutely
1: coming back in knoxville game three legendary
0: yeah but no we need to talk we need to talk not, about this tennessee team before the, final, the show is over because they are noteworthy the,
1: the last team in omaha is auburn who they're going against and Oregon State's got this ace lefty who I watched, like, highlights of, and I'm going, he's, he's throwing sidearm 94. He's, palm, he's a better version of Palmquist, the Miami guy. And I'm going, that would be when I mean, they're hot, but that would be a challenge. Now they get Auburn, who doesn't yep. have a dominant arm, and we'll see what happens here. But yeah, it's I mean, that's for when that problem.
0: They, they could obviously go 2-and-Q in Omaha. Um, and you look at the regular season, and they're not going to scare you. But I think, I mean, I, I think any of the other seven teams in Omaha would not be super pleased to beat this next game up for Ole Miss when they've gone 5-0 and zero in the tournament so far. Um, bullpen has not allowed an earned run in the tournament. Yep. Delusia is just a game to keep you in Friday. Hunter Elliott is now the best freshman pitcher in Ole Miss history. He broke Doug Nikhazy's K record against Southern Miss dominating his, them.
1: I thought his set first seven days against Southern was better than the Pomeran
0: Absolutely. Game. I think Hunter Elliott will be your Friday night starter next year. Probably the kid is, is he's just like Nikhazy 2.0. And we all, you know, everybody, we, everyone was excited when Nikhazy was taking the mound for Ole Miss the last few years. So um, it's, it's interesting what this team has become. Um, There's it's also interesting because you would think a team and their position um, wouldn't have as many things up in the air as they do, but there are still question marks in the lineup. Um, TJ McCants has not been playing much lately. So good as a freshman last year. Um, sophomore slump is a bit of an understatement for the season that he's had, but then they play Garrett Wooden in, in Miami uh, kid that hasn't played all year, senior kind of utility player. And he's, he's doing big things getting on base by any means necessary, making plays at their base. So it's going to be interesting to see the lineup on Saturday when they run out there against Auburn. But all of a sudden, pitching went from something that was, we all thought, the weakness of a dominant offensive team to a huge strength. And then the offense has kind of rounded into form late in the season as well. Because, yeah, I mean, they they lost that A&M series. You talked a little bit about that game three. Um, I was kind of following along. It was like midnight in Florence, Italy, where I was uh, with my wife, and I was watching here and there, and just like shaking my head when McDaniel gave up the seven runs via the home run of one of the—I don't think I'd ever seen that before. Um, but again, that's not necessarily the offense's fault. Um, and before that, they had lost one game in like nine tries uh, and scoring a lot of runs. So they they, they had kind of gotten hot at the right time. Tim Elko continues to be Tim Elko. I think he had three home runs in that championship game in, in Miami. Um, I was impressed, uh, in Hattiesburg, especially game one where they scored 10 runs at the amount of runs they were scoring via non home runs. That to me has always been something about the them. Only that run concerned they scored,
1: me. The only run they scored off a home run that whole series was the McCans.
0: Yeah. Shit. And a pinch that's hit.
1: The, that's the other thing. They went from home run or strikeout to moving the baseball around, which that's what a
0: lot of good at bats and, and Southern misses. Yeah. Let's like, let's not, let's not over index those two shutouts because of what their offense is, but their pitching is legit. I mean, they have, they have two starters and a few relievers that would, would get, you know serious Indians in the SEC. They're prob- Friday, their Friday night guy who they faced in game two would probably be a Friday night guy on almost every team in the SEC.
1: They pro their pitching would probably be top four or five in Omaha if they were there. They would yeah they would be legitimate.
0: And that's the that's that's what's kind of a bummer when you look at them obviously like you know coastal won the World Series not too terribly long ago, but for mid majors in general it's really tough because in a, in a series like that, the depth is so important and the holes are so magnified. So obviously their offense got shut down by Ole Miss's pitching. But if you're watching that series as well, you know, a few rough spots in their uh, roster, like catcher, for instance, cost them big time. I mean, they had like six pass balls in the two games as a mid-major. It's just so hard to build. Like they have the amazing pitching. It's going to be so hard to have offense as well. You have to pick your spots. And then we saw with ECU as well, right? Like Cliff Godwin is up seven, two in an Omaha game against Texas blows that lead. And we all knew what was going to happen because there's no way ECU's roster and pitching is going to be able to outlast Texas in a winner, take all game three. And that's exactly right. So four super regionals now and godwin has yet to go to omaha uh, as a head coach at ecu it's 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 just tough mid majors out here
1: yeah well it was really ironic that Dan mcdonald and cliff, cliff godwin both had a
0: and mike bianco what a magical run
1: super regional yeah uh, performances and bianco well, how, was, how much
0: credit how much credit are brilliant. you giving how much credit are you giving bianco for this run i mean i i kind of thought at times during the run uh, especially in the tournament, I've, I've seen him go against his tendencies. Starting Garrett Wood multiple games is an example of that, I think. I was shocked in that game two in Hattiesburg up 5-0 that he left Mallets in and didn't pull him and get tight and go to Brandon Johnson because we've seen him do that so many times. He's starting to seem like he trusts more players in that bullpen. I don't know.
1: I think all – I mean, there's really not one decision I can critique um, he he's dialed buttons his just attitude and even keel body language has been good. He he generally seems to be hey, we're here. We're just gonna take it one pitch. We're, we're we're just gonna play baseball. The other even the the most nuanced thing that I thought was impressive. So when Delucia was it was it bottom of the fifth game one in Hattiesburg, Delusia thinks he's got strike three to end the inning. I think it's probably I thought it was. I thought it was off the plate. Delusha takes three steps of the dugout.
0: Nah, has, he got that call. He got that call all day. That was the zone change in that moment, but go on. Yeah.
1: Had to go back, Walks the next guy. Bianco went out there and calm and calmed him down, which it still had a couple more base runners. They had the ball go foul by three feet or whatever it was. That's another that's kinda you know what you you know what's going your way when a balls like that go foul instead of fair and they and the replay doesn't You and you get well, I mean, the replay was accurate, but you don't get screwed on the replay. But he went out there and, like, hey, and and it was about the right amount of time, just hey, focus, calm down, do your thing. And because I mean, everybody's tired of talking ghosts of the past, like in 09, everybody talks about it, should have gone out there and calmed down, go forth. Well, he dialed that up then. And from there, really, to your point, the lineup is he's got pieces, he um, he put wood in, rode with it. I think wood has done everything you could ask, want him to do. He's got some hits. He uh, put in
0: Harris, put in Harris in right field, not just running a, Leatherwood out there over and over. Yeah, That's been the made, right move. He
1: made a play. Uh, Wood made a play to save a run the other day, which was good. Um, Harris can hit. I think, I think Harris is your, I think it, I think you keep running that configuration and McCants kind of has. Well,
0: I I will see. I think if, if Bianco is going to keep, breaking tendency. You don't start McCants. I think Mike's weakness is that he, he is kind of very paternalistic in the way he sees these players. And he, he cares so deeply for all of them. I I wonder with McCants hitting that pinch at home run, if that pushes Mike over the edge to put him back in the lineup game one, it may work out fine. I don't know. His, I don't know if McCants is healthy either.
1: It, it, and But I don't think either route is necessarily obvious over the other. It's not like it's going to make it. That decision, right. frankly, isn't going to make or break. I mean, if they're going to win in Omaha, they need, you need Gonzalez to keep hitting. You need Elko to be Elko. Kevin Graham is due to hit more, mm-hmm. I think. You need Alderman to run a couple balls. Hayden Dunhurst is due to give you a couple more hits. I mean, and chat, yeah, he,
0: yeah. we didn't I, say, I, it. I think Dunner chat- should chat- be chat- hitting chat- lower, but
1: chatney chat- 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 beat Arizona by himself in the middle of the night.
0: Yep. Yeah. That, them. that was the Peyton Chatton game in game one of the regional and they had to have it. Um, they absolutely, I do not think win that regional, if they go down in oh, either of the first two games, they
1: don't have, and if they're going to, can they win Omaha, I think they can, but they gotta go, they gotta keep they gotta stay hot and remain hot because this is set up to where
0: I think they they need to be hot. I think that they cannot make any errors because they 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 have to stay really strong behind their starting pitching and their bullpen to have any chance at all. They can't, and they did it. They've played so clean during the tournament so far. To your point, there's not decisions to point to. There's not big flubs to point to. Like looking back at the season, right? Some of the pivotal moments, and you talked about it a little bit. They were really, really bad on the record at like seven and 14 in the SEC. Like the worst that Bianco maybe has ever been at that point. Um, They also had moments where they could have won so many of those games, you're thinking back to when Reagan Burford was playing at their base and booted a ball against Alabama that essentially went from a series that you could win to getting swept at home to an Alabama team that didn't make the tournament. There's a bunch of moments like that. They had a chance to win game three against Tennessee um, and Tim Oko strikes out. So there's, there were moments where they were close and they couldn't get it done. And it seemed like all of that swung back in the opposite direction in the last 5 games and there were no there are no regrets I don't think if you're old Miss looking back and saying there were moments we should have done something different so that's they, that's they, that's rare that's rare in they, this sport they've made
1: a lot of key defensive plays I think the only one you, that's they've really that's really cost them is when Leatherwood dropped the uh, couldn't come up with the catch and right against Miami and
0: hilarious Hunter
1: Elliott tells him to catch the damn ball he has not played since so
0: yeah appreciate- and I'm not sure. He, I don't know if he, I mean, he, he, you can pinch, you can use him as a pinch hitter if you need a lefty, but he definitely should not be in the field. And I, I've been, that's been my position all year. He is, he is not good out there. That's, and that's the real problem with these Bianco teams is they they don't have any defensive outfielders. It's, it's a glaring weakness.
1: Well, it's a topic for another day. If we even record the episode, but there's, there's a lot of smoke around baseball going to 25 scholarships.
0: Right. Right. And
1: if- that happens. I mean, Be interesting. They they become stronger because
0: how many? Because they're how, one of the programs that gives a shit. How many yeah. rosters
1: have been? I mean, how many? How many times has Bianco been like two more key players short? Right. Than his scholarship piece? I mean, he,
0: that, But I mean, how much of a monster is Mississippi State and LSU even more than they already are in that scenario? I mean, I think it gets real interesting. I think for yeah. the programs, the ten to fifteen programs that care about the sport. They yep. become even more dominant, but yeah. I, think, I mean, I it'd think it'd be interesting
1: eight, six, or eight, really, maybe up to 12 really good college baseball teams. It's fun to watch every year,
0: yeah. So, I agree. I mean, I, I have questions about that proposal. Like, I don't know how they how do you even add more scholarships to baseball? I mean, do you introduce new women's sports? Like, I don't know. This is a title nine thing,
1: you have to balance it. So, I mean, the, the comment I saw was this old miss, add gymnastics.
0: Yeah, which would be cool. I've, I, I mean, gymnastics is really popular at some other SEC schools, but I just, I don't, I don't know. It's not as easy as changing the rule, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, all right, so let's talk about let's let's talk about. So, so we talked about how this Ole Miss team completely broke the mold when it comes to Bianco and his luck and his tightness. Um, another first this year, I think, a team in any sport, especially any college sport and an SEC team, I've never disliked any SEC sports team more than this year's Tennessee team, and it's, it's just so many factors. I really do think that it's, it's almost universal as well how disliked these guys were. It's kind of mind-blowing. And to see them lose in their own Super Regional, it was, it was nice. I think we all enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's fan base is conservatively one of the, one of the ten most – uh, polarizing slash dislikeable. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, I'd say probably top five in most people's categories in the country. Uh, but it's typically kind of a fun dislike. This team had gotten annoying, although I saw this comment somewhere and I agree with it. I think as much, well, not the, it's not the majority, but no means he's a majority, but I think a, a, a more, more, Greater portion of the blame for what happened to him in the Super and how we got to this point falls on SEC umpires and officiating because Tennessee in in the league office too. Tennessee was never disciplined for their behavior,
0: right? Right. Anywhere
1: near, well, anywhere near where they should have been. I mean, Vitello chest bumped the ump and got and left for four yeah, games he got, then he came back and chunked a bat 80 feet across the field after he got bat. they got bat flipped. well off, have you ever have off. you
0: ever seen equivalent behavior have you ever seen any other coach really in any sport but let's keep it in the sec touch an official like that's unheard of that's yeah occasionally and i mean that to... okay i i just i to me when i saw that i was like wow this is another level with these Man. guys
1: yeah and the other thing that empowered them too is they tested their bats they didn't pass and then nobody did anything about it yeah
0: yeah yeah. well they're obviously the kids that they're obviously were juicing when when have you ever seen a team lead the nation in era and home runs these guys that hit five home runs last year hitting 25 i mean it's 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 beyond blatant with that team, and that's why they deserve to lose.
1: We don't know. For all we know, all the teams in Omaha shave their bats. Like I'm not getting on them for that, but I'm just saying if we're gonna have that, then they're gonna be empowered. But then the well, other pro- the other thing too, if this had been big league baseball, they, then th- there would have been probably about two or three series where Friday night get up there, first guy gets plunked, they go yeah. at it, and they set. But there's no, you can't the, College doesn't allow for that to be a policing mechanism, which makes sense because you don't want people getting hurt. But yeah. then they this one and the umpires didn't take care of this. So until think,
0: until game one of the Super when they, their well, catcher yes, got the ca- tossed. Yeah.
1: The guy acts like a petulant child gets tossed. Now, what's ironic is, is the two games they lost or were the well, well, they lost game three when he was back. So, right.
0: But lost, who knows, they could have won game, game, game one,
1: or one he played half. So
0: yeah, but still I think I think they they saw their own antics blow up in their face. Like who knows what happens in game 1 if he's playing. I don't know. It wasn't that close but still. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think that team, the Tennessee team is a great example of why baseball has unwritten rules because yeah. as a non-contact sport, there's so much room for you to be like absolute assholes over the top, you know, yeah. running running the bases, flipping off the outfielders, for instance, that's just something that you don't see in the sport. And, and it's, I I just think they went above and beyond anything I've ever seen from an antics perspective. And it started with the coach. And, you know, we talked about what I thought was the craziest thing when he chest bumped the, the up and got thrown out. Um, And again, you know, maybe, maybe you can say a coach might, might touch an, an official in some way in a, in a moment like that, but that was so obviously like an aggressive move. Making an aggressive so move. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He, it, and it was just, and, and then, and then, you know, it, all the, the, not just they were good. Yeah. But it's different to be good and a little more humble about it. I'm not saying don't flip your bats, but these guys were so over the top with it. Um, that I think it just made them kind of historically unlikable. And, and absolutely no one outside of that fan base felt any any sense of sadness when Notre Dame went in there and won that, that series. I think quite the opposite, in fact. Hell, it was ESPN, also funny, you mentioned.
1: ESPN's uh, happier. They get Texas-Notre Dame in a, yeah. those two schools in a game. They'd rather, they'd rather have, well, that's probably about equal to Tennessee-Texas, so they don't lose anything from it.
0: Well, and I think I think um, you you kind of condensed it. Any any time we're all as a nation cheering for Notre Dame, that's kind of a sign of how unlikable your team is, right? And the last yeah. thing I'll say about it is you mentioned the fan base, and that that kind of compounded things because Tennessee fans took their normal attitude, and all of a sudden, since last year's tournament when they made Omaha, they've kind of discovered college baseball, and then they went around telling all of us. How lucky we were, to, you know, to witness their team saving our sport it, of college baseball. It's if like Missouri
1: had that team and acted that way. I'd actually completely be okay with it because they're the yeah. little guys. Up they're <laughs> yeah. having here, I'd be like, you know what?
0: Let that be funny. Them do that would be funny.
1: Tennessee and all that. Um,
0: Honestly, I think I think Vitello, um would not be offered very many better jobs in Tennessee after some of the stuff that happened this year. I really believe that. I think. A, I think baseball programs in particular are less when it all costs than say sec football. And I think a lot of athletic directors would see some of those clips and say like, yeah, I'm good. A non-revenue sport. I don't necessarily need that PR um, to maybe make a super regional and make Omaha once. Uh, So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, uh, Other end of the spectrum talk about, the hottest coaching name I've ever heard of. This Butch Thompson's now been to Omaha at Auburn twice, and what like five years there, yep. with a bunch of Samford transfers. That that job, the job he's done there, blows my mind. He's going to make a lot of money whether it's at Auburn or somewhere else. Um, but that to me is obviously a, a very good coach.
1: There's a saying: blind squirrels get acorns. I mean, supposedly supposedly Bjork was wanting to find an excuse to hire Butch Thompson right. before, darting, before going to A&M, which, well, we're very happy with the net outcome of that. But with that, look, I mean, I think we would be at least in the same spot It probably, well, we, we'd be in the same spot. I'm not going to, I'm not going to compare. And hey, I would
0: down. love, I would love to have Thompson. I mean, I think Bianco still has a lot of flaws, but, but to your point, he's, yeah. he's bought himself. he, I think it's more likely now that he retires at Ole Miss than maybe ever before.
1: Bianco um, does in a 2014.
0: Lot. He was still pretty young. Go ahead.
1: Bianco does a lot. He does a lot of good. It's really post. It's it's feel and postseason, mm-hmm. which he's proven, it, which he's shown. Well, it's five games, but it's. I mean, we're. It's always been a finite amount of games with Bianco that we point to. Um, and he's pre- handled that. And you know what? You're going to be steady every year. You're going to be competitive. You're going to, your program's not going to get in trouble, get the NCAA knocking to screw up other sports that we need to be pushing the limits on. So it's just football.
0: And yeah, well, the- he's done, he's built, he's built the program. Right. And, and w- weekends in the spring and early summer in Oxford, I think for students, especially, but for a lot of alumni too, I mean, you have to give Bianco a lot of credit for it's that all product and that game day experience.
1: That's really yeah. all you need to know. So, I mean, the a- postseason
0: is what matters, but I think a lot of us, I mean, look back at us when we first started doing the show. It really grew out of a love of that experience of sitting in the outfield at Swayze, yep. and and it's it's so purely baseball, right, and purely college baseball, and it's it's an amazing atmosphere. So he he deserves really so much of the credit for that. So I, I think we have to give that to him. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's look at this Omaha bracket real quick. Make some predictions. Um, game one, Texas A&M versus Oklahoma. Um, let's see. Slosh Nagel, I guess. How much credit you give Bjork for making that hire? I mean, to me, it just feels like a money hire. He got the well, highest profile coach in Texas he could get.
1: Uh, I agree. I don't. Well, it wasn't complicated, but well, actually, he doesn't really do any. He, he Had nothing to do with it other than just talk, other than to say this is Jim Schlossnagle at the press conference,
0: just like getting Jimbo. I mean, AM can just buy whatever expensive coach they want, and that doesn't really prove anything to New York. Me. Is
1: the puppet, but the way AM set up, they need a puppet, so they need a guy, they, they need a guy to be willing to write the email to Greg Sankey saying Nick Saban should be uh-huh. on it.
0: Uh-huh, and then we don't want to play Texas. Whatever you do, we will not play Texas. New
1: York's qualified for shit like that. So
0: speaking of the one thing we haven't mentioned is if we're counting Texas and Oklahoma, that's six of eight teams in Omaha that are in the sec four of the eight from the sec West. I mean, it's, it's mind blowing.
1: Well, and if you were, if you were to maintain divisions, then those two schools would end up in whatever the new look West is. So Really the so I'd say it, it's it's not ever gonna look this way, but six of the eight teams for the SEC west so yeah, anyway. it's pretty crazy
0: I mean no I other... would say
1: so I think they're both even they're both playing well um I'm gonna pick Oklahoma just out of spite for the color maroon into I hope, the North so. North.
0: I hope so so that was that was an a m to the losers bracket i feel I, I feel the same way I watched highlights of Oklahoma here and there I know I think a and m is the only other team. Other than Ole Miss, they went 5-0 oh to get to Omaha. Um, so yeah. I, I agree. I don't have a, a really a read on this game. I would like A&M to lose, so let's just make that prediction. Um, Texas-Notre Dame on that other side of the bracket in game two, also on Friday. Uh, I kind of think that Texas goes back in the loser's bracket again and, and, and loses to Notre Dame. Um, no real reason for that other than the Texas team seems like they've been the headliners all year. They were number one. They're the favorites to win in Omaha yeah. and I don't know if they really know how to do that. At least they might figure it out and come from the losers bracket, but I feel like they come out and stumble out of the gates here.
1: My, uh, my gut says Texas, but uh, my official pick is errors. I'd like both teams to make a lot of errors just because of who they are. But uh, I will, out of, res- out of respect for the job done this past weekend, I will, I will support and pick Notre Dame to win their opening game in Omaha. And, and well, think about this. Notre Dame doing the horns down is a hilarious yep. thought. And what would the T-shirt say? Catholics versus uh...
0: – Cowboys?
1: No. Not really Cowboys. Something about Texas being overrated and uh, uh-huh. egos, uh-huh. but we'll have to figure that out. So, to work on that. Anyway.
0: Uh all right, so here's the thing though. I really have no clue who comes out of that side of the bracket. I feel like it's fairly I think even. I guess Texas 18, has the most arms.
1: I think any of these 18s can go win the damn thing. I really Yeah, love
0: and that. that's to your point. Uh, the the favorites are not there. I mean, it, what's crazy is A&M hosted a regional. Texas hosted a regional. Stanford hosted a regional, uh, and that's it, right? Yeah, Auburn as well. So, four of Auburn did, right? So, four yeah. of the eight, but when it came to supers, only two of the eight, I think, hosted their supers. Yeah. So, there's a but my point is, this tournament field was apparently very flat, like, there was a lot of parity so far in this tournament. Yeah, so I agree. Any team could come out of that. Uh, Plus, over Another
1: game, Oklahoma. I, I don't even. I don't even know any of those four could could come out. It's pretty. Hopefully,
0: easy. you know, if Ole Miss is gonna get through their side of the bracket, let's just hope their side is a complete cluster and they all. We want it up the and other and side the to have
1: to. We want the other side to have to play a winner-take-all game. That's what we.
0: want. Yep, uh, yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, down in the bottom of the bracket, Stanford, Arkansas have not watched a, an inning of Stanford this year, but I feel like that West Coast stuff. Eh, I don't know. I think Arkansas maybe figures out a way to to get that game one win. Yep. And then I think I want, um, I, I
1: want Arkansas because I'm going to pick Old Miss against Auburn, and I want to I want to go see teams we've seen just to keep this highly entertaining.
0: Yeah. So are you gonna are you gonna try to make the trip out to them I haven't asked.
1: I looked at it. It's an eight, eight and a half hour drive. It's doable. Hotels are insane, but Des Moines two yeah. hours away on the right side of it. I could go in and out, but. I'm thinking no, because it's going to be 98 degrees. Yeah. And do I want to spend Fair $100 bucks on a ticket to go sit 98, or do I want to go just
0: grab? Well, now that now that yeah. Bianco's figured this whole thing out, gotten the monkey off his back, pretend we didn't say this in 2014. I'm sure we'll be going back many times in the next few years, right? Yeah,
1: this something
0: like that. First of many. Um, be, all right, so old-
1: I think it's cool. It's good. But is it worth – is it worth as much money as it takes to go there at this point? I'm willing, you know, I'm not just jumping up and down. Like, it, it would be yeah. like people like, I need a group, I need a group of about four people. They're like, we're in and going. And
0: well, couldn't. so my wife has been and she's seen Vanderbilt play there. I think in a year they won the national championship. So, of course, I mean, she's just when it comes to baseball experiences, Vanderbilt fans have it a lot better than old Miss fans. We know that, yeah. but, but she also that. has. Go ahead.
1: But so what did she say? Did she say it's like 10 out of 10 experience? Yeah, she,
0: she said it was she, she said it was an amazing experience. We also have family of hers there that we can stay with. So I don't yeah. think w- we won't go this year. We already have planned. The summer has definitely filled up already. But um, I like to think between Mike Bianco and the fact that we overinvest in this sport more than anybody other than about five other schools, we will have other opportunities to experience this in our lifetime. So let's just hope that's the case. This isn't a, the start of a 60-year drought here. Yep. Um, all right, so last game, Ole Miss-Auburn in the game four slot, 6 p.m. I don't know if this bracket is Eastern or what, uh, on Saturday. I don't know. I, like I said, Ole Miss can go 0-2 here, but I know for sure I was cheering hard for Auburn last night against Oregon State. That's what I know. Yeah,
1: did not want to see that lefty from Oregon State. That was probably the final piece to really clearing this runway to – have a real shot at this,
0: um, and I think it sets up because if if you get past Auburn with Delucia on Saturday, you get arguably your better starter in Elliott against San- Sanford or Arkansas, who I both scare me a little bit more than Auburn does. So I think I, that's I, a ni- that's nice.
1: I, w- I would agree. I really I really like how this lays out and sets up, and Auburn has not seen Delucia either, so.
0: And then I think I think your path here is either Lucia or Elliot. Yeah, exactly. Auburn didn't see them or um, has not seen Lucia. And how did Arkansas do against Elliot? Was that the game they that Ole Miss won? Actually, I think Ole, Miss Ole Miss won, won game two.
1: I think they won that? I think Elliot has raised his level.
0: Yeah, uh, he's he's really settled in. Yeah,
1: Ellie, Elliot's better in the big game. He's got the call it the Eli Manning gene where. Yeah, so Ole, Miss,
0: Ole Miss did lose that. I forgot Ole Miss won the first game of that series. Uh, right. So Hunter Elliott had a no decision uh, career high at the time, six complete with eight strikeouts and three earned runs. So if you told me Hunter Elliott did the same thing or better, six complete with three earned runs, that's a great, that's a great start. Yeah, he no had a against, quality start. So. Yep. Um, so, I think that sets up. I think you know you're going to have to win a game three with an amalgam of guys, and they do have some options there from Gaddis to Washburn to McDaniel. Even at times, it's been okay in a big park. Maybe McDaniel can be serviceable. So it'll be interesting if they get to two and zero.
1: If you start McDaniel, that's going to be that'd be the shortest leash ever.
0: I'm talking about putting stuff together. I'm afraid they'd start Diamond again, but I would hope they would start like Gaddis or someone like that. I would Uh,
1: probably rather. I would, in theory, rather roll the dice with McDaniel over Diamond at this point.
0: But yeah,
1: I mean, I would roll Washburn out there, and then you just start.
0: And so that would be, I think that would be on Wednesday, right? So the good news there for Ole Miss is even if Monday,
1: Wednesday. Saturday,
0: Monday, Wednesday.
1: Win those three, and then you don't play the championship till Saturday. So in theory, Delucia has a week. In yeah. Elliot, so I
0: think I think days. Delucia and Elliot obviously can go. I think it gets tough if you lose any of those those well, three, right? Because then you got to figure out.
1: Theory: Delucia could come back Thursday for a winner-take-all to get to the right. Get to That'd it. be and, five days rest, and then. Game three is on a Monday, so he can come back on short and try to give you something. That's yeah. Not-
0: I think obviously get to two and zero, and then try to win that that game three, and then you and then if you did that, we're talking probably not literally, except that we care enough to record the show again in a few days. But if like let's say hypothetically, Ole Miss goes three and zero, you're really set up with your one two to try to win two games and yeah. figure something out there.
1: If Ole Miss is going to win this, they're going to need to go five and zero again.
0: Yeah, probably but, so. Or yeah. it'll just be a crazy game three in the championship series. But I doubt if they lose, it, it would be really hard for them to, to have a loss before the championship series and find a way to win with their depth on the on the mound.
1: Yeah. I would we'll agree see. with it should that. should be fun. Although, although I, I think if they wanted to, they could bring Delusia back for winner take all to get to the series. And then, and then,
0: who knows what happens? Just hope that that park is playing crazy. But and then no. you're starting,
1: and then you're pitching Elliot one game, and then you got to find a way to win another. But whoever, it just depends on how it plays out. Whoever you're playing, but-
0: whatever you've done to this point, just keep doing it. Um, like especially we talked about already, the way that they they manufactured runs without hitting home runs in Hattiesburg. they're gonna have to to do that in Omaha. Obviously, this is not a home run park, so yeah. try to keep that same approach. Keep taking good at bats, working pitchers. And then, you know, let, let your pitchers go out there and, and work. Everybody's got it's the gonna be same fun, boat. John.
1: Everybody's got the same boat. I mean, they're going to have to go to a third starter, third or fourth potential starter that isn't going to be nearly what their top two is. The, the only team that had three, four guys that you just went, oh, boys, those are horses of Tennessee, and they're gone.
0: Yep. Yep. So it works out pretty nicely. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. Yeah. Um, Good for Bianco. Good for the players, honestly. Some of these guys that came back, I mean, Elko is like a, well, like a sixth-year player at this point. He has the the legendary ACL story from last year. I mean, he really has a chance here to continue adding to that legend. And um, I think, it, I don't think it'll happen in Omaha, but he's not too far off the all-time career home run record at Ole Miss. I, I want to say he needs like four or five more. I yeah. think has the season record this year. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying... He will go down as one of the great players, and he has a chance to really go down, you know, in the pantheon, depending on how this next you know, two weeks plays out.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. So,
0: anyway, yeah. all right, John. Real, well, real quick, that's good. Real
1: quick, in a sentence or less, uh, Old Miss basketball thoughts.
0: Uh, no comment. no um, comment. I really couldn't tell you. I couldn't. I I, I feel like historically. We've been able or maybe I've been able to silver line in some questionable things in Old Miss's past about decisions that were made. I'm not sure what's going on with Carter's decision to keep I, Kermit unless maybe he I, was planning I, to fire Bianco and he was he didn't want to fire both at the same time. I, I, I don't know.
1: I think it's as simple as Keith couldn't get. Keith, we were not positioned for whatever reason, and that's, that's too long of a conversation to, for me to want to have tonight we were not positioned to get to go really hire anybody notably better, which if that's the case, go into next year, knowing you got to make a change afterwards.
0: Well, if, if you told me that the only person Carter felt like he could get was Mike white and he chose to keep Kermit, for instance, that's a hypothetical. Like, okay, that's fine. I agree. Try to try to make a hire. That's going to actually get you somewhere.
1: All right. Quick thought and positively Kiffin football. We have not talked since uh, they went to the sugar bowl had 10 wins.
0: I mean, I think it goes without saying, I think like any old Miss fan right now is how do you not be over the moon with Kiffin? It's to the point almost with these two seasons of on the field results with Kiffin that he can do whatever the hell he wants. He can hire his brother and the guy can quit three weeks later. He can hire a 28 year old Charlie Weiss Jr. to call plays and, um, at this point, I don't really give a shit because until proven otherwise, he's the best thing that's happened to almost football in our lifetimes. If I not think I have a that.
1: little little things real quick. One, he's gone from eh, his portal strategy is aggressive to oh shit, this is how you need to build teams now. He outfoxed everybody there, and the way he operates, he's probably you know he doesn't need as much nil money to get guys and construct the portal deal. So that's impressive. Two. I mean, it's tidbits. He does seem to be more invested in in great in being engaging with the fan base in a manner that, hey, would he leave if the right job came up? Sure. But he's not like he, he's not looking at this as a how do I get out of here? I think he's I think he's realized he can be comfortable at all this.
0: Yeah, I then, think I think every year we're going to hear the rumors with him because that's how he and his agent operate when it comes to getting the most money they can and maximizing their value. But the reality is it's not about the rumors. It's about at the end of the day when he's given an opportunity and he chooses. Um, I do think that he's giving Ole Miss more weight than when he first got here as far as does he want to be in this job?
1: I don't think any of the jobs he would be interested in would like the fact that Kiffin is as big or bigger than the program where Ole Miss is comfortable. It's totally fine with Kiffin. Honestly,
0: Ole Miss cool. loves that. O- Ole Miss is totally over fit. the moon with Kiffin being Kiffin right now. That's there that we're all having so much fun with that. I think he's incredibly Third, popular.
1: Final to end on this. He's, he's done such a good, he even fixed the mascot ordeal juice Kiffin mascot. <laughs> done. Get it
0: uh, done. Keith. There you go. Get it done. No, I think, um, I think you mentioned the portal and it's obviously a really interesting time in college football Um, unprecedented what's going on with NIL and the portal. It's going to be really funny um, in a year when everybody who was talking about Kiffin being desperate in the portal is looking at their best high school players leaving while Kiffin's laughing while Jackson Dart and Michael Trigger stuck with him for two more years and literally can't transfer and go anywhere and he's like yeah you guys all knew what i was doing how huh? you really figured me out yeah it's there's just so much going on he's he's playing he's playing chess i mean that's it, I, he doesn't always make the right moves like you no know, the fourth down stuff is a microcosm of that but he is willing to try and he's made the, i'm saying going fourth down i have no complaints about that obviously it doesn't always work he missed when the fourth commits, down at
1: ohio state they'd hang they'd, they'd want to hang him yeah,
0: <laughs> but <and> when <laughs> he to me what i love about kiffin is when he believes in something, he isn't afraid to fully go all in on it, whether it's yep. the portal, whether it's fourth downs, um, any of that stuff. Like if he has a philosophy, he's not going to half-ass it. He's going to say, this is our philosophy and we stand behind it. And that's cool. And I also love that he hires young for these assistant coaches. And I think that's going to keep paying dividends, not just in the portal. His high school recruiting is is looking pretty good right now for this upcoming class have, so. yeah
1: that's the other piece i'm glad you brought that up. He, he seems to have figured that out how to orchestrate that too and the whole assistant thing just with the portal being wide open 24 7 365 for all intents and purposes in terms of you got to recruit your roster and everybody else it's a young man's deal i mean people can make fun yep. of otherwise 100%. you need to
0: need you hungry. Need, your coaches better be hungry. They better be you willing. You only
1: have about two coaches over 40 on your staff at this point.
0: Yep. Yep. hundred percent. No, I think things are changing across the sport and it, time will tell where Kiffin comes down on some of this stuff, but he seems to be on in the vanguard of, of, of really the cutting edge, of some of this stuff. The one thing I'll say about this team, um, maybe Kiffin's biggest test so far uh, with his philosophy is fit and culture and getting this team to come together because last year he had some glue guys most notably he had a you know pit bull quarterback that was going to outwork everybody else in the team and set an example it's going to be interesting to see what the leadership and the culture inside this team is like this year but the schedule sets up perfectly for them to figure stuff out and gel and win a bunch of early games early easy games early on um i i think you would eight and four is a conservative prediction that no one would think you're crazy for making. But the crazy thing about the way he's built this roster is with that roster and how we know he can coach in game. They have a much higher ceiling than that, which is bizarre. In a year you lose your all American quarterback and she should be rebuilding, right? He's just, he's elevated the floor of the program right now and it's exciting to watch for sure.
1: Yeah, two of the biggest questions are wide receiver play and quarterback play. Which, if you're ever, if, if you were which is kind of crazy, that's the questions. But the flip side is, if there's ever, if there's two positions you'd like to be issues and have Kiffin figure out, right? Knows.
0: Yep, yep. And they, and at least I feel this year they have a little bit more depth at wide receiver. It didn't come together quite the way they wanted it to. I don't with, know, you know, the kid from LSU.
1: Yeah, Deion but they have,
0: they have correct. some bodies. It'll be interesting. And, and I, you know, if you told me that Jalen Robinson and Michael Trigg, you know, were the centerpieces of the offense alongside some really, really freaking good running backs, um, you know, Evans needs to get his head screwed on straight, make sure he plays all season and stays healthy. But the Bentley kid from SMU is yep. an incredible second piece to add to that room. Um, yep. It's it's going to be interesting. I have no clue who the quarterback's going to be. We might have to we might have to come out of another semi retirement pretty soon here as we get through fall camp because I, I think this team has so many interesting storylines to follow and I have no clue what's going to happen.
1: I don't think we're going to know who the quarterback really is until after Georgia Tech.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I think I think that's the smart thing too because Luke Altmaier still has his transfer, so you got to really be careful with him. I think Ole Miss fans are hoping it's going to be Dart. But honestly, if Dart sat this year because Altmaier was the better player, it's not really necessarily uh, a, a death knell. We'll see. I, think, I don't know.
1: I think Dart has a long way to go this off the, this summer. I don't know. I'm not that, saying-
0: that was the vibe in the spring. Watching that spring game, that was definitely what it felt like. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see. But he also, he didn't come here to sit on the bench, right? He's got a lot of talent. Kiffin's the QB whisperer. I, 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 I just think back to the Kiffin's first team. My mind was blown how good that offense looked in a brand new system without an offseason, without a spring. Yep. The way he got that team ready to play, I I really think there's something about the way he coaches offense and installs scheme that puts him ahead of other offensive coaches because it's crazy how quickly he can get things uh, working in, in a way that looks really complex on the field, even if it is actually dumbed down for the players. He adds yep. enough window dressing and stuff that it looks like a polished offense. So I you know I just I love watching his offenses play. So I'm I'm really excited for this season. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Well this has been fun. Great to get yeah.
0: back on absolutely. It has been fun, John. It's great talking to you, my man. And uh yeah a happy occasion to meet on. And we only spent, you know, I'd say less than two, three minutes on all this basketball. So I think we're we're doing pretty well for ourselves. We're pretty smart then.
1: Yeah. Take care. Have a
0: good one. Yeah. You too, buddy. Thanks for listening. Everybody. We'll uh, talk to you when we talk to you.